Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. Some folks got rain, others didn't. We'll get rain this week. We'll talk about all that with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson here in just a bit. Also today, we're going to talk about the unveiling of um, a new motorcycle that's getting a lot of attention, a lot of anticipation, and its connection and promotion of ethanol. Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association will join us a little bit later to uh, talk about the big unveiling coming up tonight. We're going to talk about trade and trade deals with Joe Glauber. Senior Research Fellow at the uh, International Food Policy Research Institute, former Chief Economist for USDA. Let's start off with trade. Let's bring in Sarah Wyant, Editor and Publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, thanks for joining us. I thought we'd start off talking Senate Farm Bill. We'll get to that in a moment, but uh, after what happened uh, the last few days uh, at the G7 Summit, I guess we better talk about that. the relationship between the U.S. and Canada, at least publicly coming out of this weekend, uh, not looking uh, nearly as positive as we would have hoped. Well, good morning, Mike. And no, it certainly doesn't from the uh, Twitter bashing between the leaders of the United States and Canada. But I think that there's a couple of things that everybody should keep in mind, and that is um, some advice that we ran with uh, former Trade Ambassador Alan Johnson in our open mic interview this week on our website. And he pointed out as he was negotiating deals that sometimes you have to have things get really bad before they can get better. And let's be hopeful that that's the case here because they don't seem like they can get a whole lot worse. Uh, you know, with both of them uh, being very personal in their attacks, uh, you've got people that are uh, rallying around uh, Prime Minister Trudeau in Canada. But I think the president did call him out on some things that have been very frustrating for American farmers, and that is their dairy provisions and the tariffs that they have on so many products that have long been uh, a thorn in the side of American dairy producers and and, and others. So, um, you know, there's there's certainly good fodder on on both sides that uh, the president wants to have more market access and Trudeau uh, certainly has been calling out this five-year sunset provision as being a, a real concern for the Canadians because who wants to invest in Canada if, if five years later uh, they may turn the tide and things go away. So uh, they both have some strong opinions, obviously, and took it out on Twitter and other forms of social media over the weekend. Such are the times in which we live that it's, it's the battles are fought so publicly now on social media but i i agree i thought a real positive was we were finally uh, gonna you know hit this dairy issue head on i mean it's been there all this time and we've been kind of waiting w- wondering when they were going to get to it well the president sure brought it to the forefront didn't he he very much did and you know we've got dairy producers who can't sell their products right now across the border even though they're very close um you know in the, especially in the northeast and along our border uh, states it, it's just uh, mind-boggling this class seven especially that they've done to protect their dairy producers in canada so i think it's going to be an issue that um, hopefully will be resolved or at least there'll be some uh, negotiations that can make it a, a more of a win-win not just a win for the canadians on that issue we're talking with sarah wyant editor and publisher of agripulse communications well sarah we're 
going to have the markup this week of the Senate Ag Committee's uh, farm bill, and uh, you've got uh, some uh, uh, kind of a, a preview look at it, and there's a lot in there, and it's sure a, a different uh, approach than what we saw in the House, and, and while there'll be bumps and uh, hurdles to overcome, it's it looks like a smoother ride at this point anyway than what we've seen in the House. Well, the big difference, Mike, of course, is that you've got the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee, Pat Roberts, and the ranking member, Debbie Stabenow, both working very well together. And that fell apart in the House uh, version of the bill. Uh, so you've got two very uh, veteran leaders working hand-in-hand and understanding they need 60 votes to get this to the Senate. It's been very true to what Chairman Roberts told me long ago, and that is this is not the time for a revolutionary farm bill. Let's get one that has made some improvements, but uh, this one doesn't go off uh, very far from what we uh, were able to see in 2014. But I do, I do think you're going to see some action in committee in an attempt to modify what they rolled out on Friday. Uh, the three areas that I would be most uh, cautious to look at are what's going to happen on commodity programs. Uh, Senator Thune and others want to have some additional changes on the agricultural risk coverage. He and and Sherrod Brown from Ohio have worked uh, on a bipartisan fashion to try to make some additional changes, and the chairman has fought them on that, saying he wants to have regional balance. And uh, the southerners will say that the northerners have uh, the RFS, and so um, they don't have a benefit from that. They want to have higher reference prices. So there might be some attacks on the reference prices, especially for peanuts as well. So on commodity programs, I would expect changes there. Also from Senator Grassley on payment limits and actively engaged language. Um, There were some minor tweaks uh, from 900,000 adjusted gross revenue test to 700,000, but that's not really enough of a a reform for Senator Grassley, and he'd like to see uh, much tighter restrictions on both payment limits and actively engaged. And then I think there'll also be an effort to increase the size of the Conservation Reserve Program from the Senate version goes from 24 million, which is the current cap, to 25 million. The House goes to 29 million. So there'll be an effort to increase the Senate version closer to what the House has. Yeah, there'll be those tweaks along the way, but it seems like uh, they're going to be easier to come by the final bill than what we're seeing in the house which leads me to the question which will get done first the senator or the house it kind of looks like maybe the senate well you know when you've got a majority leader who's very keen on one of the provisions in the senate bill which is the uh, approval to plant hemp in in kentucky and and some uh, details on how that would be administered so leader mcconnell has said he wants to move this very quickly once it gets through committee Uh, And it very well could move, uh, he said, before the 4th of July recess. So we'll see. It doesn't seem like the immigration battle, which was the supposed reason for the House version not to be accepted by leaders in in the House, Um, you know, maybe the farm bill will be delayed even further on the House side. So I think you're right. It could move in the Senate faster. Yeah, we're not – it doesn't sound like – They've got things resolved on the House side to, to get a vote and get it passed there yet. Well, they don't. And the other thing that we'll see is we had members of the Freedom Caucus saying that the only reason they wouldn't vote for the Farm Bill is because they wanted this vote on immigration first. If they get it, will they stay true to that? I think that's a big question. 
a lot of folks, even Congressman Davis, I think, has been very open about the fact that some of these folks don't vote for a farm bill regardless. So uh, if Mike Conaway, the chairman of the House Ag Committee, can't get all the Freedom Caucus members to vote for the farm bill, uh, he won't have any Democrats. So he's going to need every Republican he can get. All right, Sarah, as always, thank you very much. And uh, you and your team doing a great job covering all of this uh, at uh, AgriPulse. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Sarah Wyatt, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. All right, coming up next, we're going to check the weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Rain over the weekend. What about this week ahead? And where will that rain be? How much? And what about those uh, temperatures? We'll get into all that with DTN's Bryce Anderson next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key 
box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather. I'm in uh, west central Illinois. I got some good rain over the weekend. A lot of other places did too, but uh, some uh, still waiting. Let's talk with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And Bryce, how widespread was that rain over the weekend? Uh, Mike, uh, quite a bit of the Corn Belt. I would say the uh, northeastern half to uh, possibly two-thirds of the belt uh, got some uh, fairly decent rainfall and uh, we're seeing a focus of this rain from the uh, Dakotas south and then southeast toward the Ohio Valley and then running eastward toward the Mid-Atlantic area. Uh, so that's uh, that seems to be how the uh, precip is lining up. There's a little bit of, a, of an expansion of that arc when you get into Iowa, but um, Pretty much uh, the way I described it is the way things are shaping up. Uh, so this does leave uh, an area from central Missouri westward and then southwest uh, pretty much out of the main rainfall picture. On the other hand, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, fairly productive row crop ground that is uh, in the line to get the moisture, and we saw that during the past weekend. So is that going to continue this week? It sure looks like this uh, pattern is pretty well dialed in that way. Uh, there is going to be a, a somewhat of a uh, cool front uh, moving through uh, the central part of the country through about Wednesday. Uh, so that's going to take the edge off temperatures, and that's going to be, uh, you know, obviously pretty welcome. But we are going to see the uh, heat return uh, during the last half of the week. And then in the 6- to 10-day outlook, uh, the uh, models uh, from the U.S. and the Euro uh, weather services are pretty consistent with uh, hot upper atmosphere ridging uh, returning and kind of bubbling uh, out of the uh, southern plains northeast as far as Des Moines and then on the northern side to about uh, Sioux City, Iowa. So uh, the, the heat returns. It doesn't uh, completely stay away. There is a, a little bit of uh, a break this week. Uh, the overall trend is still looking pretty much on the warm side. And then, of course, that puts that uh, conflict zone into the same corridor of the Corn Belt that we saw with the rainfall over the last four or five days. So while a lot of areas got some much-needed rain, uh, does this just kind of delay some of those potential concerns you have talked about for hot and dry later in the summer? Well, I, obviously, every time you get a rainfall over uh, the central part of the country, uh, that's a fairly widespread event. Uh, it, you know, it uh, certainly helps things out, and uh, we're likely to see uh, the crop ratings today uh, stay uh, very high. Now, mm -hmm. does this, uh, you know, take away from the potential for some late season heat to uh, come on and and uh, cause some issues uh, during pollination? Uh, I don't think that it does. I do think that uh, we're looking at uh, the rest of the month of June kind of, uh, you know, uh, lasting with the same pattern that we are in. And, you know, that's a pretty decent pattern, again, for quite a bit of uh, the central part of the country. 
Yeah, there's uh, some good-looking corn in places, that's for sure, and beans, and this rain uh, certainly helped. Now, uh, what about out in the Plains area and uh, down into Texas? They've been so dry. Any relief for them? I don't think we're seeing that, Mike. Uh, that's the focus of the uh, real hot and dry conditions. Today we're going to see temperatures topping 100 again in uh, the southern Texas panhandle uh, through west Texas and then into the uh, Rio Grande Valley all the way south to Laredo and Brownsville. Uh, so that's going to continue. The stress on the cotton crop is very acute. Uh, that's going to uh, remain in effect. And then uh, you get farther north and east, uh, that uh, southwestern fringe of the Midwest of the Corn Belt uh, is still in line to uh, be uh, where the uh, heat chances are the greatest. Uh, so I don't think that we're going to see very much in the way of uh, changing. I know that there's some discussion about uh, you know this uh, weather system, this tropical system uh, called BUD that's in the uh, Gulf uh, of Mexico. I know that there are, are thoughts about... Uh, that uh, system kind of migrating into the uh, southeastern part of New Mexico to where, uh, in terms of rainfall, the comments are going to be made, this buds for you, and, uh, and leading to some better rainfall chances. But I don't think that we're going to see a real uh, big switch to a, a more generous rainfall pattern. I, I think that that's going to be kind of a, a one-off type thing. Overall, did this past weekend make a dent, make any significant changes in that drought monitor map? I think it probably did, especially uh, in the Dakotas, uh, because North Dakota has been kind of slowly edging away from uh, the impact of that terrific drought that they had set in last year. So I think we're going to see that. Uh, then in parts of uh, Illinois, maybe in eastern Iowa, there's going to be some improvement there as well. I think uh, for south-central Iowa, northern Missouri, and then on west and south, that there wasn't much of a change in, in how things are going to present themselves. So there will be some adjustment this week. Um, there still are going to be areas uh, that are on the dry side, and there are every year. I think the, uh, you know, maybe the uh, key feature is that over some of the recently uh, very high production areas in the north, and then in the central part of the country, that there's been, um, you know, a, uh, an easing of dryness, maybe not completely removed, but uh, certainly uh, some easing of uh, the pattern that they've had here recently. Yeah, overall in the Corn Belt, it looks a lot better. But just there are these pockets that are really struggling uh, to get moisture. Yes, there are. And, and that's, uh, I think, going to be a, a big feature as we go through the, the uh, rest of the season. And uh, in irrigated uh, country, we know that uh, there have been some rains that have been uh, taking place here and there, but also the uh, pivots have been pretty well utilized already, and I think that that's going to stay with us uh, through the balance of the year. Talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, what about around the world? What Any uh, weather stories that you're watching? Kind of a continuation of uh, what we've seen over the last uh, few weeks, uh, I think, is the uh, way to summarize things, Mike. Uh, in Brazil, the uh, corn crop is still uh, looking quite a bit less than a year ago. Each estimate, it seems, that comes out for the Brazil corn crop uh, quittles it away a little bit more, and I think we're going to uh, continue to see that. Uh, in Ukraine and Russia, they didn't have very much rain over the weekend, 
there are a few showers in western Ukraine uh, for the next uh, couple days, but eastern Ukraine and then through southern Russia are pretty much on the dry side, so that's uh, hurting their wheat crop prospects, and we know that they aren't going to be having as big a crop as they had last year in that part of the world. And then in Australia, uh, the southeastern part of uh, Australia, New South Wales, into southern Queensland especially, have been very dry. Uh, the first part of the uh, wheat season of the uh, long uh, wheat cycle is not going well, and uh, Australia was already looking at lower production compared with last year, and it may be substantially lower than a year ago, the way things are starting out. All right, so um, it'll be interesting. Here we are just about to the uh, middle part of June. I tell you what, here in west central Illinois where I'm at, we've had, we got some good rain over the weekend, but we have had some, even for us, fairly high humidity levels. It has really been muggy. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, that's one thing with, uh, you know, with the rainfall. It uh, certainly, uh, you know, eases that situation, and it's good for, it's good for every every living entity. I mean, it's good for us, but also uh, when when crops don't have some of that uh, heat and humidity stress to deal with, that's obviously going to be better in terms of you know their their condition and their development, and maybe not quite as uh, as much uh, stress put into just uh, you know staying staying uh, healthy. Uh, whereas uh, when you have that that kind of heat and humidity, it can uh, really be taxing all the way through. And finally, and we had some flash flood warnings in different parts of Illinois, I know, over the weekend. you see any severe weather this week ahead? Well, I think that we're likely to see that, uh, just like we did over the weekend. Uh, this uh, conflict zone between the, the real hot conditions over the central and southern plains and then some cooler air uh, from the Great Lakes northeast and uh, some energy moving in across the uh, northern tier of states, that's always going to lead to uh, some of these uh, localized uh, rounds of severe conditions. Uh, so I, I think that that uh, is certainly going to stay with us. And uh, the, the focus seemed to be from south-central Minnesota, kind of south and southeast into northeastern Iowa, into part of central Illinois. And I, could, I certainly could see that happen again uh, as the storms refire during this week. All right, Bryce, thanks a lot. We'll check in with you again next week. Okay, Mike, thank you. Thank you. Take care. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk with Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute in Washington, D.C. Uh, he's a former USDA chief economist. He's also been the special uh, Doha Ag Envoy at the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative, where he served as chief ag negotiator in the Doha talks. So he's very familiar, very involved with trade talks. And a lot of that in the news right now. We'll get his perspectives coming up next on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable 
adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and soybean futures begin the week lower. Traders said to be concerned about heightened geopolitical tensions after the G7 summit ended in acrimony over the weekend in Quebec. Hedge funds are retreating from bets on higher corn prices with good weather and trade uncertainty clouding the outlook. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission said Friday that funds cut their bets that prices would rise by 44% last week. USDA's June WASDE report will have an update of U.S. wheat production and perhaps some adjustments to U.S. demand tables, but domestic changes are typically small in the monthly report. It comes out 11 a.m. Central Time on Tuesday. July soybeans fell sharply last week, slicing through major support at the January swing low at 9.65 and a quarter on Friday. On this Monday, we have fallen through support from 9.62 and a half to 9.65 and a quarter. July corn rebounded to a firmer close on Friday, but we're four to five cents lower an hour in on this Monday. Last week's selling, tugging July corn below spike low support at 3.77 and a half. For the wheats, we had a mixed overnight session and mixed early activity on this Monday morning. Near unchanged in July, Chicago and Kansas City wheat and a fraction higher in Minneapolis spring wheat. Livestock at the Merck, live cattle futures in a narrow mix nearbys, 17 cents on either side of steady, 15 to 22 lower in feeder cattle. Cash cattle call on the week, a buck or two better, according to DTN. Lean hog futures, July up 52, 81.25. Cash call a buck or two better on this Monday. The Dow up 26, July crude oil in New York down 17 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. And we welcome to Adams on Agriculture, Joe Glauber a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Institute in Washington, D.C., former uh, USDA chief economist. I want to get his perspective on some of these uh, trade talks and negotiations going on around the world. Joe, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Mike. How are you? 
Very good. Hey, what's your take on what happened uh, at the G7 summit? Well, I guess it's a little uh, – I don't know. We're, we're seeing a lot of crazy things happen, I think, uh, back and forth on, on trade and everything. It's, um, I, I guess I was, like a lot of people, a, a little surprised at the abrupt uh, back and forth that ensued from those things. Normally those things conclude with a lot of, you know, talk that says very little, but uh, – is generally pretty amicable, but this was, uh, uh, I, I guess, a little disturbing. I, I, I guess I wouldn't take too much from it. Um, the real big thing that's going on are the you know, threats on tariffs and things like that, and that I think we should pay attention to. Yeah, when there's a public spat, in this case, you know, between President Trump and Prime Minister Trudeau, uh, how much does that really impact the, the trade talks that are going on? I mean, is that kind of played out in public and the negotiators behind the scenes are still carrying on with their work or or does this trickle down into that and really impact what may or may not get done no i think that's a, a great point mike i i think uh, uh, the the negotiators i'm sure are very professional i i i know all the major negotiators for mexico and canada and, and the u.s and they're all serious guys and they're all you know i'm sure working hard to get an agreement. In fact, I presume on the agriculture side, I mean, there's some sticking points, obviously, uh, for things like dairy and, uh, and other things. But um, I, for all that I've been able to gather, there's been a lot of progress made. And, you know, um, and I think a lot of the, the ag people feel that, you know, that would be good to conclude an agreement. Certainly, NAFTA is an old agreement now. It's 25 years old. There's a lot of things that could be modernized out of that. But... Um, you know, uh, you don't want the, the the real fear I've had all the way through this is that agriculture would somehow be collateral damage with some other dispute, uh, like on um, you know so-called Chapter 19, the dispute settlement provisions, or uh, or domestic content provisions that we that the president's been trying to get for the automotive industry. I don't know that we're any closer to an agreement with Canada on dairy, but at least it's been brought to, to the forefront once again. The president made yeah. sure of that. And, and I think uh, a lot of people, especially in the dairy industry, glad that uh, finally it's, you know, some attention's being paid, at least publicly, to the dairy industry. And the president sure uh, made that well known uh, going into that meeting. Yeah, no, no question. And, and those things are important. It's just that, you know, in any sort of negotiation, it isn't all one way, and that that it's hard to get a concession without, you know, paying something in return. And the question is, what do we get, or what do we have to give up if we're going to get increased access on dairy markets? I mean, there's a lot of things on the dairy front that Canada, this whole new system they put in place on exports. I think that that there we'd like to see some changes. I think there's a lot of other countries. Uh, exporting dairy exporting countries that would support us on that um, and then there's market access and when it comes to getting more dairy into Canada uh, you know there w we have some protected commodities as well pr uh, primarily sugar but uh, you know whether I, I doubt very seriously we would be giving up much access there so the question is how much access we can actually get into the dairy um, uh, Canada dairy market is is still I think very much concern or you know will be wrapped up with all these other provisions so we'll see 
We're talking with Joe Glauber, former USDA chief economist, now a senior research fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute. Joe, how do you think the U.S. is now perceived in these trade talks? I mean, on, on one side, you hear people say, well, a lot of these countries have to have us. They have to buy what we, they need what we have, so they're going to buy from us. But on the other hand, there's this feeling that the, the U.S. is becoming almost isolationist or almost on an island, and a lot of countries are kind of uh, joining up against us or to oppose us on things. Uh, how are we viewed in the uh, uh, in the world trading community right now? Well, I, I think part of it is that people just don't know how to interpret a lot of the statements and, and whether these are just negotiating tactics or actual large changes in U.S. policy. And if it's the latter and if, if people think that, that, that if the takeaway is, you know, the president's not going to be happy unless we have a balanced uh, uh, or, or, you know, that we reduce the trade deficit uh, to zero or whatever, some of the, the statements that are made, I think they're going to look and say, well, gee, these are just all unreasonable demands, and how do we negotiate with this? And I think that that, you know, within, in having done a fair share of negotiations myself when I was at the department and, and at USCR, uh, the U.S. Trade Reps Office, the, you know, you, you have to have some notion of what will satisfy your other, you know, your opponent or what, what they're af- actually after. And, whether or not that's a you know reasonable and doable uh, uh, you know uh, uh, demands, and if that's you know if 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 you think there's some uh, you know variance there that you could potentially get an agreement out of, then then it works pretty well. But if you think that they're so demanding that that there's not worth it, um, then I think that's what I fear with this is that the, someone may just have the takeaway and say. Well, they're they're not serious about negotiating. Uh, the the problem you, you mentioned, you know, well, can we get? Can they just, uh, you know, that that the other countries need our our products, so they'll continue to buy from us? In one sense, there, there's some truth in that. I mean, you look at look at China's soybeans, which is probably the most visible uh, commodity or target that that I, you know, uh, if that trade were to shut off, we would see some serious problems. China imports a third of their, you know, almost imports 90% of what they consume. Um, a third of that comes from the U.S. My concern would be long run, and that is if you were to shut it off for a while, whether or not that would encourage a lot more area to come into production in, in Brazil. And we know that they have area that can come into production. And if that's the case, then that's a long run problem because we've, we'll will have lost that amount of, of expansion, and we're expecting that China market to expand, and we're hoping that the U.S. will compete for part of that. Um, uh, but if it brings a lot of production in the near term in from Brazil, I think those are things that, that we, we tend to focus on the short term, what the impact of an embargo would be or a high tariff would be you know, this year. But, but my concerns really are out over the next 10 years and, and what that means for lost market. Yeah, sometimes we don't we don't always look at that long-term view. We just look, deal with the immediate. Uh, and my concern on these retaliations, when you start drawing up lists of products you're going to retaliate against, and then the other side feels that they need to retaliate back, and uh, once you start down that slope, Joe, it, it can be tough to stop it. And, and uh, uh, 
you have to be careful. That's why I was. You hate to see these things start now with Mexico and their list and Canada and their list, and then then the, the back and forth really starts. So, boy, once you start down that, it it becomes a slippery slope. Well, it really does, and you find, uh, unfortunately, you'll find that that. I mean, here are markets that have worked pretty well. And, and remember that, particularly with Canada and Mexico, we have a very integrated market. So we, you know, we buy feeder cattle from uh, Canada we, we, and Mexico. We buy uh, um, hogs or, you know, uh, we'll bring pigs over the border. We'll, we'll finish them here. We slaughter them. We'll, we'll ship meat back to those countries. And those are all things that if, if you start disrupting those trade flows, uh, a lot of people lose, and not, not the least of which are U.S. consumers, who also benefit from a lot of trade that comes in here and keeps, you know, uh, uh, fruits and vegetables here year-round. And um, but but producers, processors, a whole lot of people can get hurt with this. And and again, I would argue that in many respects, these have been markets that have worked very well. We've had yes, we've had trade disputes. You know, we've seen. Uh, uh, you know, HF or uh, high fructose corn syrup uh, exports be uh, uh, slowed because of tariffs. We've seen pork exports slowed because of tariffs with Mexico. But those things get resolved. And and here's a case where I think we've seen trade moving very very well with these countries. And yet here here we are talking about trade wars on a variety of fronts. And you know, with with three of our largest trade partners right now and and uh and, and and frankly if you throw the eu in there as well uh, uh you know four of our top five and th- those are things that that could ultimately affect uh, agricultural markets uh, uh, you know severely thus far they haven't and i think that that's because i think people feel that these things will get resolved in the end but we're we're now getting past these deadlines where we're actually seeing some of these tariffs implemented and that's the scary part i think yeah, we're seeing the impact on the U.S. pork industry and, and some other areas. So, yeah, the hope is there. It's all going to turn out to, uh, for the best in the end, but wondering how long that's going to be and uh, uh, how tough is it going to be to get there. Well, Joe, good to talk with you again. I know you're off, uh, I think, to, what, Geneva for another trip. Uh, so thanks for yeah, taking some yeah. time for us. No, no, thanks very much, Mike, and it's great talking to you again. We'll talk again and get your perspective on some of these uh, trade deals as they develop. Thank you very much, Joe. Take care. Safe travels. Thanks. Bye. Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute in Washington, D.C., and former USDA Chief Economist. Well, coming up tonight, especially if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, you're looking forward to this. A new motorcycle that's been designed for the ethanol industry. And uh, the unveil is coming up tonight on TV. We're going to tell you all about it. Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association is going to join us. He's been very actively involved with this, and uh, we'll get all the details. That's coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, 
don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. The mighty Prosaro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time you spend in bed, it's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota, a 10 year warranty. And you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, welcome back. Tonight's a big night. If you're a motorcycle enthusiast, a supporter of ethanol, you'll be want to be watching tonight an American Chopper, 10 Eastern Time, 9 Central, on uh, the Discovery Channel. Robert White, Vice President of Industry Relations for the Renewable Fuels Association is with us. Robert, I know you've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to get this show on the road. Okay, so uh, again, give us the details about uh, what uh, they're going to see tonight on the big uh, unveiling. Well, we're all going to see it together for the first time. I have not seen any pre-show, so... We're all anxiously awaiting what, what makes the cut. We've filmed for hours both on our end and on uh, Paul Jr.'s end, and we'll see what Hollywood cuts it down to for an episode. But no doubt that you'll see a lot of ethanol featured in motorcycles and on the motorcycle itself. I actually just got off the bike uh, putting it in for a watch party this, tonight in Omaha. Uh, so uh, standing here looking at it, I think people are going to be uh, quite impressed with the workmanship and craftsmanship and obviously this important educational tool that we're going to use for years to promote ethanol and motorcycles. And that's really the, the bigger picture here, right, Robert? Uh, uh, you've been reaching out to motorcyclists and uh, trying to ease their concerns about the use of ethanol in bikes, and uh, this is a great promotional tool for you, an educational one as well. Well, I mean, the show is great. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm excited for this show. But it's really just a launch point. I mean, we're going to have the bike called Junior both at Surges this year, and we're excited to be, you know, hitched to him and let him tell 230 countries with his outreach and a obviously a very powerful third-party validator in the motorcycle community. And, of course, having someone like Paul Jr. designing, uh, I mean, that brings a lot of uh, publicity and notoriety, a lot of attention as well. Oh, no doubt. When they were coming off the the airwaves six years ago, they were still averaging about 4 million people for every episode. And that was really before we had the, you know, ability to watch on our phones and the mobile apps and just keep watching shows. We were really, you know, at that point, uh, still watching things live or, or uh, starting to figure out how to record stuff. So we're pretty excited about that when they did a sneak peek back in March of the show, which I really didn't think they promoted that well. Um, there was still it was still the third most highest ranked show that night, only behind two NBA games, one in LA and one in New York. 
So, again, give us the details on how people can watch tonight. So it will be on Discovery Channel at 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. If you're on the West Coast, you'll have to wait a little while, but it will be on Discovery Channel. And then tomorrow, if you don't catch it tonight, uh, it will be on uh, Discovery Channel's website. Just Google American Chopper. And The bike itself, Robert, what stands out to you about it? Um, right staring at it is probably the color, but I think for the – for the ethanol enthusiasts, there's little jewels all over this thing. Um, I can't reveal too many surprises, but the fuel of choice is interesting. It is a carbureted bike, so we're using 100-year-old technology, really, to to promote this uh, ethanol in motorcycles, which is, you know, sometimes a complaint. Sure, the modern energy can use it, but I think when people see it on TV, they'll be impressed. But when they get next to it and they can take in every aspect of it, it'll be wowing. All right. You're in Omaha for the Fuel Ethanol Workshop this week. Uh, kind of give us a preview of that event and what uh, you'll be focused on there. Well, for your locals, it is raining, so that's good for uh, the, the crops for sure. Uh, barely beat that in. But uh, uh, the Fuel Ethanol Workshop, they're expecting a very large crowd, a couple thousand folks uh, at this point. And no doubt there's a lot of policy discussion. And in our booth, you know, as an example, we're going to have our technical staff uh jeff cooper kelly davis will both be around and tomorrow we're actually having a meet and greet from 11 to 1 with paul jr and we'll have the motorcycle uh in our booth as well so a lot of policy du jour coming out of washington dc as always especially with this new administration uh and we even have scott pruitt uh bouncing around the midwest as we speak so um it's going to be an interesting week uh with or without the fuel ethanol workshop uh-huh and you mentioned Sturgis. Uh, you've become a big part of the uh, Bike Week activities. What will you have this year coming up? Well, we're going to stick to our fuel promotions. We put that new station in last year to be the only uh, place in the Black Hills where you can buy 93 octane uh, with 10% ethanol. Uh, we're also part of the Legends ride that Paul Jr. is the captain of. And he's going to be out there you know, with our bike and ha- setting up his own display. And I can the one thing I can tell you before the show tonight he cannot promote this bike and not talk ethanol. It's simply impossible. So we're excited for the motorcycle community and the motorcycle media to stand there uh, with a known celebrity like Paul Jr. and learn about ethanol. Yeah, it's you, You've done a great job over the years uh, building that relationship uh, with the folks in the motorcycle uh, industry and the, the bike, uh, all the different uh, bike riders that you work with in groups and associations and certainly out there in Sturgis, uh, that's a big event for you. Well, maybe you can get Scott Pruitt to stop by and say hi to you there at the Fuel Ethanol Workshop. I, I would imagine folks here would have a, a word or two for him, wouldn't they? Oh, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Mike, and say he's avoiding Omaha this week. <laughs> uh-huh. And and the word or two they would have for him, we might not be able to put on the air, right? Yeah, you might have to in- involve that belief button you guys employ. <laughs> All right, so t- tonight, uh, again, give us the details. People want to watch the big unveiling of the of the new bike. Tell us again about it. It'll be 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern on Discovery Channel. Uh, the show is called American Chopper, and the motorcycle is built by Paul Jr. If you do not catch the live episode, of course, hopefully you got a DVR, but you can watch it online tomorrow. And even if you're not a bike rider, uh, take a look at this, right? I mean, you, you see the uh, the work that goes into this, the precision. It's uh, it's uh, it's something to see. Well, if you enjoy craftsmanship, you know that's that's what we're talking about. This is a a conversation Paul and I had, and he turned it into a motorcycle. So. 
Uh, I am wowed by the process. I, I don't have that type of creativity in my brain, um, but it's exciting to see it go from a local conversation to a 600-piece pound of steel uh, sitting here for the world to see. You didn't have him put anything on there about the Royals or anything, did you? No, it, it is uh, definitely the only <laughs> thing Kansas-related or Kansas City-related is it does have a personalized license plate uh, from Kansas. All right. Well, Robert, a big night tonight, and uh, thanks for letting us know about it. Have a good week in Omaha. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Robert White, Vice President of Industry Relations for the Renewable Fuels Association. That wraps it up for today here on Adams on Agriculture. More tomorrow on Trade and Farm Bill, and we'll have a Farm Progress Show preview coming up tomorrow as well. Hope you'll join us on Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day.